Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? I tell you, boys and girls, if you had heard the show before the show today, ah, oh, Jeremy and I have been, uh, we keep saying that um, we think we're at our best when we don't talk a lot to one another. Uh, we just come in, kind of go through the topics and then hit record. And these are the podcasts that we get the best feedback from. So you can assume what you're about to listen to is going to be absolute crap. Because I'm telling you now, we were hilarious discussing uh, various bits and pieces across my kitchen table for the past hour. If only we'd been recording. Yeah, show, be- show before the show, top five. This show you're about to hear, eh, bottom 20. Listen, if more of you uh, subscribe and like and keep us ranking in the uh, top 20 uh, entertainment podcasts uh, for the great country of America. Plus you buy Did You America t-shirts from uh, didyouamerica.com. Eventually we'll be able to branch out and do the the second podcast. You know, like uh, when people back in the day watch live TV and there was a big show like 24 on um, afterwards, they would have a discussion show about that. Yeah, we're going to kind of do that, but in reverse. We're going to give you the show where we discuss the show before we do the show. Right? That's that's inventive, right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Screw we're, the after we're, show. We're going to take the a pre-show. We're going to take a circa 2003 idea and flip it on its head because that is 2021. <laughs> I love it. Did anything I just said make any sense? It made total sense to hey, me. Uh, talking of uh, Mike One, Mike One, isn't this a lot of fun? Because this is what they do in professional uh, broadcasting situations. I have got coming in this podcast just a great spinal tap joke. It's not one from the movie. It's it's something else that one of our listeners uh, sent me uh, via the website. This is America.com. Speak to us there. Buy a T-shirt. You don't have to buy a T-shirt to speak to us. Um, but um, So that's forthcoming. Little spinal tap What a joke. tease. I know. What a tease. Uh, now, before we get into uh, you know the main stuff in today's podcast, uh, we should obviously mention uh, what happened yesterday. I am America's biggest fan, and we called this uh, podcast Did You America? Because I, you know, I love things all America. And um, whatever side you're on, with what happened yesterday at the Senate, that is incredibly... Un-American. America did not America at the Senate yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah, we learned a third side in the argument yesterday, and that side is very un-American. When people that look like they're in Lordy are sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk, <laughs> I mean, just... I, I, and there's plenty of arguments, valid arguments about how they got in there. And if there were other protesters, particularly people bringing up people of color, would they have got as far and what would have been the repercussions? And, and as terrible as it is, I think there's some validity um, in that. But you just take those things that are happening, that kind of destruction and the rioting and the fact that people were dressed like, I mean, I've, I've, they keep on saying Duck Dynasty, but no, it, they look more like members of Lordy. I saw someone <laughs> post a, a picture of a bunch of those fucking idiots in their outfits, and the caption said, "Name this band," and, 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 and they look like one of the one of the worst Norwegian death metal, you know, right. bands from the from the two thousand. Normally, I would love that band. Yesterday, not my favorite band. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely terrible. And you know, you can't um, say that burning Wendy's is terrible, and then not say that this is terrible. And equally, from the other side, you can't jump on this and say this is terrible when you didn't condemn the burning of Wendy's. So it, no one wins anything here. And um, yesterday, as America's biggest fan, 
America was looking like one of those little dictatorships in countries with names that it's hard to pronounce where you read news stories because crazy stuff happens and, and think, wow, crazy stuff actually happens in countries like that. It's not just a plot of some bad movie late at night on one of the channels that I've never heard of. No, but it was actually going on at the Senate yesterday. Yeah, usually reality shows are like juicy and fun to watch. Yesterday was just kind of scary. There was, um, have you seen that... Um, the uh, review of 2020 that's on Netflix. Charlie Brooker, who did Black Mirror, has, has made it. Do you know uh, what I no, mean? No, I haven't seen that. Do you know B Black Mirror? Yeah. Um, so Charlie Brooker, I guess you never... S I know him because he's British. But you never see him, but he makes a lot of shows that you you, you would know. Right. Um, and uh, there is... Uh, <laughs> there's a, So it's supposed to be a kind of humorous look at 2020 and they've got this uh, woman who's deliberately dumb they say that they did a load of research to find the most average person in the uk and she <laughs> kind of gives this shit for brains watching a screen from her sofa commentary on what happened during 2020 right and there's a few kind of funny observations she makes but the best bit and it kind of leads into sort of the second half of this um, funny-ish documentary is that uh, she says, so, you know, I was flipping around the channels and there's this channel called America and it is this reality TV show that I've never seen that plays out 24 hours a day and she basically, she's watching a news network but she <laughs> thinks it's a reality show on a new channel that's just called America and basically <laughs> gives a commentary of crazy things that happened last year but her being like the most average, i.e. dumbest person they could find in the UK she thinks she's watching uh, a sort of news version of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> Wait, so... So you're telling me that CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC aren't the same things as E? <laughs> uh, her her take me. on it is, is, is that. Now, I will say, because uh, I want to move on to some other stuff, uh, there is one good thing that came of yesterday, and it is a meme. I, I, I'm assuming that this lady was part of the protests. I don't know whether maybe someone just found this, and so it's being insinuated that she was part of the protest. But there is a meme which is a photo of a really old lady waving an American flag. And it says on the meme, is this the Cracker Barrel gift store? <laughs> and I've got to tell you, I mean, I love Cracker Barrel. <laughs> was what, what happened at the Senate yesterday, that was not America-ing. But anytime I go to a Cracker Barrel, oh my, that is America. I was going to say, in normal circumstances, I don't think there is a difference between the Cracker Barrel gift shop and Congress. <laughs> <laughs> like, the building is essentially just a gift shop. The only difference is I don't know if they've got Dolly Parton rocking chairs in Congress, <laughs> but maybe maybe that's an idea. Write this down as an idea. Better decisions would get made if they sat in Dolly Parton rocking chairs while they decided the future of the country. This is a good idea. Uh, that would pretty much save the world at this point. So I... Uh, I, I just the the whole sort of Americana of Cracker Barrel is uh, I, I I just love it the 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 kind of Western American food the fact that it's a, a a standard restaurant but it's so it thinks it's so important it's got its own gift shop the other day I was driving back from some friends' house in uh, Arlington. And um, so for people that are listening in uh, DFW, I'm on the 75 and I, I don't know which exit it is because I've got no sense of direction, but th there's somewhere near Arlington on the 75 where 
to my left, there's a cracker barrel. And to my right, there's a Texas roadhouse. Oh. And I, uh, I mean, I, I, I thought to myself, I've been in the DFW for a year now and almost no one has come to visit because of the pandemic and, you know, people don't want to travel and it's, you know, just a crap time overall. But I'm thinking that, fingers crossed, if I can stay here, which, of course, I want to do because I, I love Texas, there's an issue of a job that needs to be sorted. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I have an attic. We've gone through this. Oh, yeah. What's that joke? <laughs> that I'm going to Anne Frank you. <laughs> He's saying if I become an illegal, do you get it? I'm going to store him in my attic, a la Anne Frank. Don't you have to explain that you're Jewish before that joke oh, to make I it funny? Oh, I think they get it by now. <laughs> this is me just giving Jeremy some tips on his stand-up routine. Right. <laughs> no, you have to explain that you're Jewish before you uh, make the Anne Frank joke. I thought the uh, nose and hair and eyes and everything about me is what did it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, when people come to visit forget about taking them to where JFK was shot. Let's not bother going down to San Antonio for the Alamo. I'll say, you want to come to real Texas? We're going to go to uh, exit, whatever it is, on the 75 freeway. And we're going to get lunch at Texas Roadhouse. And then we're going to go across to the other side of Cracker Barrel. And if you're lucky, you might be able to buy something from the gift shop. That is a Texas day out, <laughs> boys and girls. I got to say, I tried. You know, when we first met and we started discussing, you know, doing work together, we met. You were like, let's uh, let's go get lunch somewhere. Yeah. I took you to a trendy taco spot. Mm-hmm. Yet you continue to insist on eating like a grandma at every step of the way. I love grandmas. That's <laughs> there are so many times. Like first of all, every one of your stories starts in the diner. <laughs> well, that's because I quit drinking. You, so if I go out now, I'm all about the free coffee. <laughs> do you eat before ever after five p.m.? Is that like? Do you love Golden Corral buffets? I no, of course I don't eat after five p.m. because I'm like an old lady now. I quit drinking. I like to be in bed before nine. <laughs> <laughs> and if I eat after five, it plays havoc with my stomach and I have to get up during the night. This is what happens when you when you get to your 40s and you don't drink anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got a ton of stories about what I was doing when I was staying up till 9 a.m. You know, from back in the day. But these days, no, you are you are you are totally 100 um, uh, percent depicting my lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I can get down on some Cracker Barrel some texas roadhouse but you have to admit when you go in there the clientele is definitely of a older generation let's last say. time i went to a cracker barrel it was in uh kingman in arizona and i was with <laughs> i was have we done this story i was wearing okay so i went to a white snake show around this time right and um they had t-shirts for sale with the white snake logo in American colors, and it said on the T-shirt, "United Snakes of America." Oh my right? god, that's the greatest <laughs> shirt of all time. So I, <laughs> I, I don't wear it very often. No, you should wear that every day. <laughs> but I did wear it when I was in Kingman, Arizona, going to a Cracker Barrel because everything about being in that northern, almost middle of nowhere Arizona town. And going to a Cracker Barrel made me think I was, you know, wearing appropriate attire for the right. correct audience. And the person that I was going there with said to me, are you fucking joking? You're going to wear that out. And I'm like, it'll be fine. Anyway, we go to, 
<laughs> go to the gift store at the Cracker Barrel. Of course. <laughs> He's saying to me, don't even think about buying a Dolly Parton rocking chair. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I bought, I bought, I can't remember what I bought. It, it wasn't a Dolly Parton rocking chair. Sure. Although from my uh, kitchen table, I'm looking at the door to my balcony. There's space for one now. I yeah. mean, I could have one rocking on that balcony. I think you should get rid of all your furniture. Uh, well, just have Dolly Parton stuff everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this house has been uh, designed by Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and Dolly. Um, so, yeah, I go to the, uh, the, uh, the, the checkout of the gift store in my United Snakes of America t-shirt, and the woman in Cracker Barrel goes, that's a nice shirt. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Told you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we sell that here, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we got a Dolly Parton version of that if you want to get a shirt to sit in the chair. United Dolly Snakes of America? I don't know how it works, but anyway, it works. I just love it. So anyway, that is the one good thing to come from uh, the terrible stuff that happened yesterday. A photo of an old lady with an American flag and the caption, is this the Crackle Barrel gift store? I just love old ladies. There is a, um, uh, I've got a neighbor here, and this is a weird thing. This has happened in the, the two, um, both of the last two apartment complexes that I've lived at, um, where there's been a neighbor who has moved in with his elderly mother, right? And in this instance, there's an elderly lady who's living with her son in this apartment complex. Um, and she's living with him because he's protecting her from COVID. I've learned this because I'm lucky enough now to have made friends with her. And she talks to me pretty much every day when I'm on the way to the gym. And she is batshit crazy <laughs> doesn't sound like he's doing too good of a job of protecting her from covid well the other thing that i love is that i talk to her because she's out on the patio chain smoking <laughs> and i'm gonna like okay so the covid ain't gonna get you but you're not so concerned about the fact you're smoking 60 a day right that's an interesting <laughs> lifestyle choice but i've had oh, the, most, I miss the, that. The, the craziest conversations and i'm this close to saying I understand what your son's doing, and I think it's very responsible. We need to protect the vulnerable, but let me tell you, when this is over, you and me have got a great night ahead of us at Cracker Barrel. I mean, when I, when I say night, we'll be done by 5 p.m. Right. Just, you know. Cracker Barrel followed by some bingo at the casino and then home for bed. I don't know if we can fit bingo and Cracker Barrel into the same evening. So uh, <laughs> anyway, let's do some uh, uh, a roundup of some of the stuff that happened on uh, the podcast uh, that we brought you earlier on in the week. Uh, f first of all, Tanya Roberts now officially dead. Oh, sure she is. What, you doubt that? Well, I mean, she faked her death once. Well, we were saying that um, it was reported that she was dead. She got a load of publicity and everyone went, oh, yeah, the one from, what was it? How I Met Your Mother? No, that 70s, 70s show. show. And she was a Bond girl. And she was a Bond girl. And but, uh, the Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're saying all this because you learned this when her death was reported. Right. Prior to her death being reported, I'd have said Tanya Roberts and you'd have gone... Mm -hmm. I would have assumed that was like the lady from the the skating, you know, that, that <laughs> killed that... Uh, that's not killed, that uh, beat that woman's ankle or whatever. Right, yeah, her. yeah, no. Um, anyway... Uh, Tanya Harding. Yes. Turns out that... Um, it wasn't just to get her new publicity and some kind of reboot of uh, A View to a Kill. Uh, Tanya Roberts is now officially dead. Now, in, in these, the, the, the idea that celebrity deaths all come in three, I've got a kind of a different spin on this because here's my list as it stands as we are recording this on, uh, what is it, the 7th today? Uh, Thursday afternoon, January the 7th. Tanya Roberts officially dead. Larry King not dead. Dr. Dre almost dead. That's right. Y'all motherfuckers almost forgot about Dre. <laughs> I um 
I don't know the ins and outs of the divorce settlement that he's going through at the moment, but he had a brain aneurysm. So I think it's safe to suggest that probably the divorce, the 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 pending divorce is the, the stress that brought on um, his issues in the hospital. And um, yeah, I like Dre musically. I have no idea whether he's a good or a bad person. But does anyone's ex-wife deserve $2 million a month? Because that is what formerly known as Mrs. Dre, is requesting in that divorce settlement. <laughs> Mrs. Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, she, you know, no, no one deserves that much. Two million a month. But if someone was coming after two million a month of my money, I think I'd be hitting up Tanya Roberts and seeing how to fake my death. <laughs> Were you saying it might be an idea that Dr. Dre... <laughs> he tried. The doctor's revived him and he's going, no, 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 no. You were supposed to tell him I was dead. I've got to pay the bitch two million a month now. Well, you're forgetting he is a doctor. He's doing all this himself. (laughs) Right. I mean, Mrs. Dre, cancel some apps. (laughs) Right. I I mean, I'm assuming that you had a big house that you lived in with the doctor. Um. I mean, he's a doctor. He's clearly making at least six figures. Right. Maybe turn off some lights. (laughs) You you don't need $2 million a month. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy amount. I saw a headline that she, in their uh, divorce argument or whatever it is, she was claiming that he has like $262 million hidden somewhere that like she can't touch. Wow. And and she still, even with that money, is like, I'm going to need $2 million. So... In her defense, when you say I don't he, think he would notice two million a month leaving his bank. When you say hidden somewhere, as in it's in a secret bank account, or she's got to tear down that house because it's somewhere in the foundations. Um, as I've made very, or at least attempted to make very clear in this podcast, I never actually read the story. I'm just going off the headline. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was a story um, in England about ten years ago. Uh, this this idea that Dr. Dre should fake his own death to get out of paying two million <laughs> to to Mrs. Dre. You wouldn't do it? it. Well, it's just it just reminded me of this story of um, I'm surprised it hasn't been made into a movie. So th- this is all true what I'm about to tell you because I did read this story because about ten years ago it was big news in England. Um, there was a family uh, who were having some financial trouble, and the dad went on some canoeing trip abroad, and um, went missing and he was assumed dead. They never found the canoe, he disappeared. And then about a year later, he secretly turned up on the doorstep of their house um, and shocked his wife because she and their two kids thought that he was dead, right? And then he's like, no, 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 I've just been away for a while. And then um, he basically convinced her that they could get out of all of their financial trouble if everyone continued to believe that he was dead. And I guess they had a big house. But unlike Dr. Dre, who's hidden all that money somewhere (laughs) in his big house, she decided that she would hide her husband in in the house. So basically, she carried on lying to their own children to say that their dad was still dead. And she built him a 
a secret man cave somewhere out the back of the house. And he lived secretly in this man cave for about six years, right? And then when she retired from work, she spanned this story that she was going to move to Panama for a new start and the kids were, were grown up there and all this kind of stuff. And what was actually happening was that they were going to secretly create a new life in Panama, but it all got uncovered because they got photographed looking at the house they were going to buy with a realtor in Panama. Oh, my God. And so the kids saw this and were like, what the hell? Our dad's still alive. Oh, my God. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then... To to fake it even more, and this is the bit, I feel like up until that point, although it's the most immoral thing to do, they obviously figured it out really well because of the length of time that they, you know, she hid him out the back in these man cave and, and such like. But once they realized that they were likely to be uncovered because they heard that somehow this photo of them with the, imagine like you're dealing with the realtor who's like, yeah, so this is a good house. It's uh, three bedrooms and four bathrooms, and you'll see there's a nice fitted kitchen. Look at those surfaces. Now, I'm just going to take a quick photo for my uh, website portfolio of uh, da, 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 and they're like, yeah, 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 fine. And then somehow it goes back. So when they realized that people in the UK might see this photo and realize that actually she's now in Panama with the husband, oh, who God. she's told everyone's been dead for about seven or eight right. years. They go back to the UK and he randomly walks into a police station claiming that he's had amnesia and doesn't know where he is, but he thinks he's somewhere back near his home. And y'all thought Tiger King was good. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? How has this not been made into several movies? I don't know, because that, that is a true story. And then they the, the, the kids disowned them and they ended up going to jail for fraud. Um, yeah, and uh, and here's the end of the story. Sorry, spoiler alert for in case in case this does become a movie and you're going to watch it. They end up being released from jail. She divorces him because she claimed that it was all he's doing and he was too controlling. And he ended up being disowned by the family and going to Panama anyway. So he got the house. Did she get two million a month though? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the most impressive part about that story is like it is so difficult to fake your own death like right. that is something that only happened in like the 1800s in movies <laughs> right but yet this person successfully did for a few years i actually so i know this i don't know this guy okay quick little story so my college roommate you know how everyone has like a crazy person in their town mm -hmm. well the crazy person in my college roommate's town tops everyone's crazy person in their town he's so crazy i would need four episodes of this podcast to explain the many stories I've been told about this guy and I have never even met him but he's incredible I so basically I added him on Facebook after hearing these stories just so I could watch in real time like his craziness play out Hang over on a minute. social he, media so, so he's such an urban legend you never met him but the talk about him was so strong you this is like this is the millennial version of like this, when I was growing up, people would say, oh, you got to hear such and such album. And like, they play me a track on their Walkman on cassette. And right. I go, that's great. I'm going to go to the record store and buy the album. Your version of that is, 
oh my God, there's this crazy guy in the neighborhood. I'll tell you a few good stories. And you go, fuck me. I must follow him on Facebook to find out more. <laughs> well, this is the most okay. millennial story. This is, this is what made me want to follow him first. So like the way he told me about this guy was, so he is, uh, he's Asian, but he was adopted into a very wealthy Jewish family. Right, okay. And so on social media, he, he was very into his Judaism and he would talk about it. And that's all he talked about. And he was very wax poetic about it. But then all of a sudden, a month later, he was a Nazi and praising Hitler and would be talking about how much he hates Jewish people. And he would basically go back and forth by the month with the different opinions. Right. So he was nothing but fun to watch. So long story short, he went to Thailand. He came back and... In May of 2020, I started seeing on his Facebook page all these messages of like, oh my God, RIP, he's dead, I can't believe it. And everyone just assumed because of the crazy life he lived that he was in fact dead. No one knew how he died. No one knew where he was or what the circumstances were. Cut to a month ago, my college roommate sends me a web link and it's, for, I won't say where they live, but a wanted poster for this guy set out in August, three months after his supposed death. So to end his crazy story, he faked his own death and is now a fugitive on the run. Wow. Yeah, he needs to link up with uh, with this guy from the UK in and Panama. Do, does he like Jews at the moment or not? Like, <laughs> I couldn't well, tell I... you because <laughs> while he's faked his own death, he is not actively posting on Facebook. <laughs> okay, so there's a few things there. He may have faked his own death, which is bad, but he also may have stopped being anti-Semitic, and that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good I mean, thing, I, yeah. You've got to take the good with the bad. Give it a month or that's two, He'll be back. It's like you know, you got to get to, you got to get both sides of the story. Wow, maybe there's a whole series in this about people that fake their death. Their uh, well, death. there would only be two episodes because it's so difficult; no one can actually do it. It'd be okay. It'd be those two. It'd be Tupac, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. Tupac's still alive, people. Mm, Elvis. Elvis. Yeah, he's living. Yeah. Then maybe there's license to spin it on its head. We do the Paul McCartney episode because everyone knows that he's actually dead. Oh, yeah, he's gone. But but they bought out a, f a fake Paul McCartney after Abbey Road because there was too much money to have Paul McCartney dead. He's the only artist that wouldn't have made more money for everyone concerned if he were dead. So they said, we, he can't actually be dead. We actually need a, a, a live version of Paul McCartney. He was the pretty beetle. They wouldn't have had any success with those three Uggaboos. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're like, we can't sell solo Beatles albums on Ringo Starr's face. His nose is way too big. <laughs> There's something about Paul McCartney's face that makes Hey Jude just the greatest song ever. All right, we got some other stuff to get to. Uh, a bunch of you have been writing in, so we'll deal with some of the uh, listener correspondence. By the way, if you want to contact the show, go to didyouamerica.com slash be on the show. Um, no, I'm saying that wrong. Hang on. I've got, oh, I, I, this is where I used to be a professional, but I've, I've forgotten how The to kitchen do. table has ruined the you. The kitchen table's ruined me. Um, you can go to didyouamerica.com. If you click on be on the show, that's how you talk at us. Didyouamerica.com, click be on the show, and then you can leave us a voice message by talking at the device you listen to this podcast on. Or if you don't want to talk and you just want to send us a written message, didyouamerica.com slash message us. And also the website didyouamerica.com is the place to go to if you want to buy some Did You America 
T-shirts, part two on the way. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? I'm Cam Field, he's Jeremy. Uh, just a reminder of Song of the Week, if you want to get involved with the voting for that, it's where uh, Jeremy and I choose a song. Um, New York producer also chooses the song. Hey, we forgot to give an update. New York producer not dead from COVID. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, we heard about that. You know, I told you last week that Larry King didn't actually die of COVID. Our, I said our New York producer is actually Larry King. Oh, yeah. And that theory didn't make any sense to me last week. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me now, though. I don't understand. He's producing this show. He doesn't. He wants to stay hidden. I figured he was going to die. I thought I'd just reveal his identity. Well, also, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm doing it because, you know, as much as we ridicule New York producer, um, he is my best friend. We don't really need to cover this apart from to send our best wishes because you would know if New York producer was dead from COVID because you wouldn't be listening to this podcast because neither you or I have got any idea how to load it to the interwebs. Um, so anyway, he's 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 getting better. Okay, so that's, good. That's a good thing. Good job. Uh, so yeah, song of the week, didyouamerica.com slash song if you would like to vote or you can go to my Twitter. I'm uh, at Ian Camfield on Twitter. And uh, vote there. Uh, Jeremy's choice this week. Do you remember your choice? Yeah, it was uh, Eddie Vedder covering Bruce Springsteen's Growing Up. You're looking at me like that was a test. Well, I had had to think about it. Correct. Boom. Um, New York producer Haircut by Chaz Cardigan. And I have chosen The Beginning of the End by Crosses, which is a side project by Chino of Deftones. So, The Beginning of the End by Crosses, my choice. Growing Up by Eddie Vedder, uh, Jeremy's Choice, New York Producer, Going With Haircut by Chaz Cardigan. Vote at didyouamerica.com slash song. Or you can go to uh, my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield there. Um, Now, I promised that we were going to get to uh, some uh, listeners' messages. Uh, As I said, you can uh, contact us via the website if you want to take issue with anything that we say on the show or you've got anything that you'd like us to cover. Um, I have to thank Stephen. I, I promised that there was going to be some Spinal Tap stuff coming up beyond my usual. Mike one, Mike one. Isn't this a lot of fun opening? I have no idea if this actually happened or if someone just mocked it up. Even if it's a mock-up, it's a great idea. So S- Stephen said, I like the Spinal Tap opening. I thought you'd appreciate this. And he sent me a link to uh, some website that lists um, fun merchandise, right? And apparently in 1992, there was an official Spinal Tap calendar that was released. I'm inclined to believe that is true because I think I'm right in saying 92 or 93. It was around the time they put out their second album called Break Like the Wind. Okay. Nowhere near as good as the first album. Well, they kind of yeah. made they kind of made an inferior second movie. It was by no means their Die Hard. Oh, tune. so there is a second movie? Yeah, but it's more of a. Um, do you know what? I only ever watched it once. Um, I was going to say, well, the first album clearly had the movie to back it, which is why it was so great. The first album, I would also say, is, I mean, by no means is it the best rock album ever, but even if you just take it as like a, an all right rock album, it's a decent, like they could play those instruments, they could right. behave as, as a band. It wasn't all a joke. I've heard, I mean, all the, 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 the lyrics were a joke, but, right. uh, but I've heard world famous bands deep into their career, way past their best putting out substandard material who at the time would have killed to have come up with an idea that's as strong as be 
big bottom, big bottom. Talk about mud flaps. My girl's got them. Right? It's beautiful. I'm looking at you, you two, once you <laughs> went past that pop album and started getting even more experimental. All of a sudden, just putting albums on their phones when we don't want them. Exactly. Although I would actually say that that album was one of the better latter-day U2 albums. It was just a shame that they forced it upon everyone. So we all went, get off our phones. Because actually, if they'd have just put it out as a standard U2 album, it probably would have got some more positive uh, feedback. It was far from their best work, but it was one of the best of their latter-day albums. But no one really listened to it. They just went, oh... Bono, he's always telling me to give my money to charity, and now he's it's like he's in my DMs. Yeah, I never actually listened to it. I just saw the memes of everyone being like, we hate this album, so I hate it right, too. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, Spinal Tap did make a second movie, and they did an album called uh, A Break Like the Wind. It's got a good track on it called The Majesty of Rock. But again, even that, I'm saying that's good. It's nowhere as good as Sex Farm or, or <laughs> anything on the first album. Anyway, so Stephen said, I thought you'd be interested in this. So... Spinal Tap official 1992 calendar, right? Okay. But then the next picture is a notice that you received in the post if you ordered the Spinal Tap official 1992 calendar that said, an irregularity in order fulfillment led to the production of colanders rather than calendars (laughs) like like what you strain pasta with yes (laughs) we hope you find the enclosed item useful oh my god now from the the picture is just of what looks like a standard colander i'm not even sure if it had the spinal tap logo on it oh my it's just like they they we got all these colanders so here you go i would like to think that uh you know michael mckean or uh uh who played nigel tufnell um i can't remember his name now um married jamie lee curtis you know who i'm talking about um said uh they were talking about merchandise and for their new album and they went um christopher guest that's right christopher guest they said you know what this second spinal tap movie we've made it's a bit shit Shall we make some really shit merchandise to go along with it? And and Mike McKean goes, someone said we should do a 1992 calendar. And then Christopher Guest went, how about this? We get them to buy calendars, but we actually send them colanders. And Mike McKean goes, that's funnier than any joke in the movie. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Because that second movie, not so good. uh, Have you ever heard of the religion Pastafarian? pastafarianism no it's like it's a made-up religion where they believe that a giant pasta monster created the earth but in the people who claim one of the people at the senate yesterday yeah i'm sure there were some pastafarians (laughs) there but they because of religious right or whatever when if you claim to be that religion when you take your id picture they have to allow you to put a colander on your head. So if you're Pastafarian in your ID picture, you're wearing a colander as a hat. So this could be, if they still have Spinal Tap colanders, this could be a great collab for them. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was at least a couple of people who thought they wanted the Spinal Tap calendar, but when they got the colander, they weren't upset because they went, wow, it's just as if Spinal Tap knew I've just become a Pastafarian. I think Spinal Tap created the religion. Yeah, what an idea. So yeah, Stephen, I had no idea that existed, and I don't even care if it's fake. It's a great idea. And it's helped the religion grow. 
Um, Thor sent us a message regarding your thoughts on montages. Uh, this is when we were discussing how good the soundtrack is to Cobra Kai, which uh, I said it last time, I'll say it again. I-, I started watching it and I was kind of enjoying it, but it was a bit too much of a teen drama. But as soon as it moved from Netflix, sorry, from YouTube to Netflix, and it became less of a teen drama and more about two middle-aged guys who love classic rock, I was so into it. Uh, so you had some thoughts on the best uh, the best montage. What was it you said the best movie music montage Yeah, was? it's Joe Esposito, You're the Best Around. From? From The Karate Kid, the original. Thor says, Hearts on Fire by Survivor from Rocky Four is better than that. Oh, I mean, Thor, you're wrong. It's a fantastic song and, you know, uh, doesn't get the love in the Rocky series it deserves because of Eye of the Tiger, mm. but... Nothing tops the karate montage as Joe Esposito lets you know you're not just the second best. You're not the third best. No, you, Ralph Macchio's Daniel son, are the best around. You can't top it. Uh, Ralph Macchio actually uh, was in the news this week because he's been doing the the promotional rounds for uh, the new season of Cobra Kai. Um, So I am actually impressed with this. He's 59 uh, and wow. there's been a lot made of the fact that he's looking pretty good for 59. He still looks like the 30-year-old that was too old to be in The Karate Kid. Right. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, a little bit like that. Um, but he was saying that um, the uh, he leads a relatively healthy lifestyle, but he thinks it's more down to genetics because apparently his parents always looked um, really young. And uh, yeah, I was just impressed with the fact that he is 59 because I thought he was, you know, he, he, he's looking good. And it's kind of fun because the the other guy from Karate Kid who's still like drinking and has a very right. unhealthy lifestyle, he doesn't look bad in Cobra Kai, but he looks a little bit more kind of worn. Weathered. Yeah, yeah. weathered. But, but that also kind of plays into the part that he's playing in the show. And um, it just got me thinking about the... Um, uh, I saw an interview with Don Johnson a few months ago, and he I think he's 70 now, and um, he was saying... That's the Miami Vice guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Or Nash Bridges, when he was a detective in San Francisco who also did magic tricks. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I got to catch that, that one out. out. Check that out on Hulu. Um, yeah, Don Johnson did an interview, and they were saying that, you know, he looks great, and he's about 70, and his, uh, his rationale for it was, I was drunk till I was 35, and then I quit. And um, I remember watching that, and I thought, like, shit, I quit at 40. <laughs> what about if those five years are, like, critical? It's not going to have any effect on me. If I get to 70, I'm still going to look like a shriveled up old man. I should have cut five, cut it out five years earlier. Well, that's BS, because Don Johnson was an attractive, good-looking man when he was drinking in his 30s. I've been drinking up to 28, and I'm hideous. <laughs> Explain that one. <laughs> that means that you should carry on drinking and having a good time. I plan on it. There was. I wanted to ask you this, actually. There's a story during the rounds this week about a guy in England, actually, who got um, so drunk, he legally changed his name to Celine Dion. And as someone, you know, who uh, has spent quite a bit of time partying and still parties, have you got any thoughts or anything to compare that too no that's just incredible was it it was a guy that changed his name to Celine Dion yeah also I don't know exactly what you need to go through to change your name legally but I surely it's kind of complicated like if you're drunk (laughs) how long were you drunk (laughs) if you if you're drunk 
if, if you've drunk so much that you're going to make a bad life decision on a par with being a guy changing your name to Celine Dion, I find it difficult to believe that you would have the capacity within you to go through the process of actually achieving that. Yeah, but it takes so much more dedication to that than just being the a-hole that gets the drunk tattoo. You know, everyone gets the drunk tattoo. Think about what this guy had to do to change his name while intoxicated. Mm. That is not a quick sign over of a paper decision. That's like a multi-day decision. So he was binge drinking and he was binge drinking during working hours because they do not open the government offices where you go to change your name at night when most people are drunk like tattoo partners. Do you want me, I feel like I should send you this article so you can uh, search the guy out on social media because you're so excited. He sounds like the kind of person you want to bro down with. Did we just become best friends? Right, exactly. You're 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 going to start stalking him because you want to become his best friend because you like the amount of effort he put into his drunk behavior i do think that's a good thing though you think about some people who get loaded and go hey we're gonna go get tattoos and this guy goes yeah you can do that i'm gonna become celine dion (laughs) see i'm i'm so grateful that i never went through and got the drunken dumb tattoo because like you know a lot of my friends have tattoos that come from a younger generation where it's you know become more acceptable but there's nothing in my life that I'm so passionate passionate about that I want on me for the rest of my life. Mm. Maybe I'll get like a Did You America tattoo on my forehead or something, but I don't know. Next I, week. I think for me, like the only real tattoo idea I've ever had is just to simply get on my leg the words dumb tattoo just for the joke of telling people oh, I got a dumb tattoo. And they say, oh, let me see it. It, it just says dumb tattoo. Yeah. I feel like that changing your name to Celine Dion is such a better joke than that. Like for the rest of your life, you just get to have the greatest story of a drunken night and you stuck with it. So you're saying that um, it's a bad decision based on excessive drinking, but a bad decision that took a lot of coordination and effort. So therefore (laughs) it's got more kudos. I also just have so many questions for the guy. Like what, did you do it as a joke? Are you just like really a big Celine Dion fan and like drunkenly while listening to the Titanic song, you're like, you know what I'm doing that. I've been thinking about it for years. (laughs) Well, talking of drinking as a result of um, doing this podcast, I've uh, managed to reconnect literally in the last 24 hours with, um, an old friend of mine, um, because he found us at uh, digiamerica.com. Now, this is someone that I used to uh, be friends with back in London, probably about 20 years ago. So I was, you know, I'd have been uh, like 19, 20. It was when I first moved to London. He's a bit older than me. Um, And back in those days, you know, London's the big city in the UK to move to. Obviously, I was on the first ever alternative radio station in London. And this was the the start of my kind of like partying days that went on for 20 years. I partied from like (laughs) 20 to 40. Five years too late, according Ah, to Don Johnson. You almost had it. But, um, and this guy, uh, we didn't have any kind of falling out. We just kind of like drifted apart. I, I didn't know what happened to him, but I remember him being... I was young and into partying. It was the start of me kind of like getting on guest lists and going to gigs and hanging out with rock stars and doing that stuff, you know, you do. Um, And he was a bit older and had been doing it for a bit longer. And I remember some nights I would think that it was the most entertaining night ever. And on other nights, like we partied so hard, I shudder thinking about it now, right? (laughs) So he messaged me because he'd found us at uh, didyouamerica.com. 
And um, so we started, uh, we kind of reconnected on WhatsApp, starting having a, uh, a, a back and forth. And um, now he's now been sober for 15 years. Whoa. Because he went, yeah. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> he told me because on his last year of going crazy, he realized that he put 50,000 pounds worth of cocaine up his nose. So that's it. That's <laughs> Better than up his butt. I mean, <laughs> actually, you know what? He didn't say up his nose. It might be. I mean, how much do you? Uh, 50,000 My- £50, pounds worth is a lot. You probably have screwed your nostrils at that point to the fact you now need another entrance. He might have been Stevie Nixing it by that point. <laughs> Why do nummies when you can do bummies? Oh my God. <laughs> and that is the new slogan. <laughs> Every show we come up with a new phrase to put on a t shirt. Uh, at the moment, we're still selling the Did You America t-shirts at didyouamerica.com. But as soon as they sell out, um, maybe we'll skip the idea of having a candle that burns with the scent of freedom. <laughs> What's the new phrase? Why, why, take, why take nummies when you can take bummies? Now, for you non-druggies out there... Yeah, that means Jeremy's saying, like, don't do coke up your nose to numb your face. Get it blown up your backside, like according to the urban myth Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac did. You got it. Right. Um, Maybe I should WhatsApp my friend back and go, hey, first of all, don't listen to the new episode of the podcast because we're talking about you. But secondly, I took it that you sobered up because you spent £50,000 on cocaine in one year. But was it less to do with the money and more to do with the fact that you started doing it up your backside? (laughs) Is that what made you decide it was time to give up? Because that is a way more extreme version of the Don Johnson rule of just quit drinking at 35. I like how you, you always hear like really sad stories of like heroin addicts who could no longer find the veins so they're injecting into like terrifying spots on their bodies. That's the level coke heads get. They're like, my nose hurts. Put it up my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same, but it kind of is. So... Because we absolutely don't want to glorify uh, drug use on this show, I'm about to tell you um, (laughs) about something that he referenced in the WhatsApp messages that we've now been uh, exchanging about something that we did on um, one of our real drunken nights. Kids, this shows you how, A, you think drugs are so much fun and drinking to excess is great, but actually, in the cold, sober light of day, you realize just how terrible it was. He sent me a message and said, um, do you remember our full guy night? And I thought, oh my God, yeah. Oh no. Now you'll know from listening to this podcast, I'm a you know huge fan of uh, 80s action TV. Full Guy was an 80s show starring Lee Majors after he was the $6 million man. How about this for a plot? He was a bounty hunter who was a stuntman. Whoa. So he was the fall guy because he used to take the fall for the actors. You get it? So it wasn't he was the fall guy because he only worked in the fall. That came with season three when his contract negotiations got a little <laughs> bit more difficult. He was like, we've got a huge ratings now. I'm only working in the fall. No. So anyway, it was, it was, but that was the plot. He was basically a fall guy. So he was a stuntman. And if he couldn't get enough work being a stuntman, he'd be a bounty hunter. Um, and anyway, it, it, he used to sing his own theme tune to the fall guy. It's like this. Oh country, my God. It's like this country yeah it's like a country song called the unknown stuntman look it up on youtube it's great only it's not 
And my friend's reference to do you remember our full guy night was that we once stayed up all night playing the theme tune to the full guy, which is, you know, a TV theme lasting about a minute, right? (laughs) Sung by Lee Majors, so it's got lyrics. We must have played it, I want to say, 50, 60, 70 times because we were so out of our minds. There's only two verses. It's a TV theme. We were so out of our minds, we couldn't get it right. Oh, you were trying to see. (laughs) I thought you guys were just like, this is the greatest song ever. No, no, no. We were so so. And again, I'm thinking most people listening to this don't know the Fall Guy music. So once you've listened to this podcast, YouTube Fall Guy and just watch the theme tune. And then think about two guys in London in the early 2000s who who have stayed up till like 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. And on repeat, we're going. Because it goes, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I'm... Mis- oh, no, you got that bit wrong. Put it back to the beginning. Uh, <laughs> and, I think, and I think in our alcohol drug psychosis mind, we thought that we were, like, re-recording the theme tune oh, and no. we had to keep getting the words <laughs> right. And that, boys and girls, is the moral of today's episode, that um, partying to excess is not fun. Because at the time... We were so entertained by a 60-second TV theme that we played it on repeat about 70 times until about 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning till we got every word right, which, bearing in mind it's two verses in 60 seconds, isn't that complicated, right? There's, there's just so many better themes. To like, you could have won with the Ghostbusters theme. It would have made so much more sense. But the Fall Guy? Well, you see, even back then, when I was, like, 19, 20... Um, my tastes were a little bit obscure. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's the same as you saying you could have gone for the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, but that would be like me saying that uh, Casino Royale or Goldfinger is the best Bond movie. <laughs> no, it's Never Say Never Again. In fact, I'm waiting for my friend to then message back when I get to say, oh yeah, I remember the full guy night, blah, 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 blah. I go, and do you remember that time we stayed up for a week and just watched Never Say Never Again? <laughs> oh my God. So- <laughs> you know, I'm about to make you pretty disappointed uh, in, in how millennial I am. You know, uh, so Lee Majors, you said, star of the fall guy. He was what, the unknown star was- man that made Redford such a star that's a lyric he was the unknown stuntman that made eastwood look so fine see when i'm sober i could i could sing you the entire i won't do you, you think you could still remember the words do you think you'd have to break that sobriety crack open the beer and the iron maiden beer in your fridge call and then- up call up the words see if the words are online and i bet i can recite it now okay i will say i did listen to it again yesterday because um when my friend made contact with me via the website i gave him my cell number and he sent me um, a WhatsApp. And rather than me sending him a voice message back, I just played him the Fall Guy theme tune. That was, that was, that was the message. <laughs> well, I have the lyrics if you want to okay. give it a try. Oh, oh, okay, this is... See, this might be entertaining one time around on a podcast, <laughs> and, and I say might. Imagine staying up all night trying to figure this out. So it was country. I'll put on a little bit of country voice and hang on, I better have a sip of water. Yeah, you're going to need that twang yeah, anyway. going. <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> um. 
Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farah. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine. I've been on fire with Cheryl Teague's gone fast with the... No, I've... Sally Field. I've been on fire with... Oh, see, now, if this was my party night, we'd have... You start over. We won't do that. I've been on fire with Sally Field gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading lady kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. Chorus. I might fall from a tall building. I might blow a brand new car. Cause I'm the unknown stump man that made Redford such a star. <laughs> Second verse. Yep, keep going. I never spent much time in school. Oh, by the way, I think there's a third verse that wasn't the th- on the act. It's not on this it. page. Okay, so. that's fine. Because the third, ver- if there was a third verse, it wasn't on the TV opening, right? There was a longer version, but I only know this verse. Yeah, you got this. Can you imagine if we did three verses? I'd have been up for a week. Um, I've never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I have my body out for pay. Hey, hey. Um, I've gotten... Bust over Cheryl Teague's blown up for a rackle Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay, hey, hey. I might fall from a tall building, I might blow, uh, no, I, I might f- jump an open drawbridge. I might Tarzan from a There you go. Because I'm the unknown stuntman that made Eastwood look so fine. Wow. <laughs> that is so impressive. Is it? That um, is cr- I mean, like, it's not, but like, oh my God. I mean, this show, when was the last time you watched The Fall Guy? First of all, I, I've never, like, I've heard of The Fall Guy. I've never once popped up a guide and seen The Fall Guy on TV. So right. it's probably been some time. Right. You have this buried into your brain. Well, yeah. What um, What was the other show that he, he was famous? Six million dollar man. Okay, see, this is what's said. I don't know Lee Majors from either of those. Have you ever seen the 2001 snowboard movie with Zach Galifianakis out cold? No. Oh, it is wonderful. Does Lee Majors sing the theme tune? He's he's the bad guy in the classic mold of the ski movie where the rich man is coming in to sell the resort. And he's the rich man to sell the resort. Lee Majors? Yes. It is. Screw those other shows. Out Cold with Zach Galifianakis is Lee Majors' best work. Has he got the really plastic face by that point? Yes. He's had a lot yes, of yes, 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 because he looks way younger than he should have been at that point. Also, that movie gives the greatest motto in life ever, where Zach Galifianakis says, my motto in life, everybody Wang Chung tonight. And those are words to live by. Do they make any references to Lee Majors previously being an unknown stuntman? You know what? They probably do, but like I don't you even know notice because I didn't, didn't know what it was. Oh, this show's like an education, ain't it? You could get a whole new level of enjoyment from that terrible movie because now you can see the full guy subtext that they put into the script. End the podcast. Put in some popcorn. <laughs> We're watching Out Cold right now. Before we do end the podcast, one more thing. Uh, Jose wrote... Uh, how does Jeremy not know tech? I think this is referring to our conversation last time about the fact that it, um, you've bought a new iPhone, but you're so not a millennial, even though you are actually a millennial, that you haven't even opened that iPhone because you're scared to set it up. Yeah, I I don't know why I don't know tech. I think it's mainly because I'm a big dum-dum, but I yeah, I just kind of missed that boat. Jose said, uh, however... 
being on your mum's iTunes account, <laughs> that is very millennial. Does she also go to job interviews? With <laughs> no, but she pretty much got me the job I have now. Thanks, mom. <laughs> All right. I think we're done. Was there anything else that we were going to get to? Yeah, we'll get to it next um, week. Yeah, we'll get to it next week. Oh, there was a story about David Hasselhoff, but I don't want to over-80s you. I, I, I've, I've reached peak 80s action TV on today's podcast by reciting the Fall Guy theme almost perfectly. Yeah, that was spot on. I was, I've never been more impressed. But again, it wouldn't have been entertaining if I'd have been doing it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours until about 10 o'clock in the morning, which is why you know, kids, that drugs and excessive drinking are not fun. Oh, one other thing I should tell you about my friend who I've reconnected with, who I did that debauched full guy night with. He now lives in Oman near Dubai. Like I think he's got he got sober 15 years ago and thought, where is the furthest possible place I can go to get away from Ian Canfield? Like, <laughs> right now. Yeah, that or booze. Well, I don't think I they just, have that in Dubai. No, it's banned, right? Yeah. You have I to go to a so. hotel. That's true. No, you have to go to a hotel to drink it. You can't have it like generally. So it's probably probably a good place for him. He did say to me that um because he's married out there now, that he played the the message I sent, which was a recording of the actual Fall Guy theme tune, to his wife, and she didn't understand it and had no idea who Lee Majors was. And his wife is probably thinking, he said I had to explain, you know, a bit of from my bad old days, and his wife's probably thinking, oh my God, what about if the Fall Guy theme is like an enabler? <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> all of a sudden, 15 years all of hell breaks loose. You hear Lee Majors <laughs> sing about being the unknown stuntman, and suddenly, like, that's it. He's racking up the lines. Oh, that's great. I hope not. Right, we're done. Uh, we'll be back again if you listen in anything approaching real time on Monday. At least that's the plan. DigiAmerica.com is where you can go uh, to vote for Song of the Week. Uh, it's also where you can get T-shirts. How great are the T-shirts, Jeremy? I love them. So soft on your nipples. Exactly. And uh, also, if you want to uh, contact the show, you can leave us a voice message. You can send us a written message. We love hearing your feedback. Um, all of that stuff going on at DigiAmerica.com. I'm going to answer the question myself. Fuck yeah, we America today. Hell yeah.